And I know a lot of people who are um, who would describe themselves as pro-choice and anti-abortion. Uh-huh. I'm not sure I can describe myself quite there, uh-huh. but I'm not too far from it. Mm-hmm. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and we talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. This is William with the Hopper Podcast. A little bit ago, Dave and I had a great conversation with a good friend of mine, Victor Labrada. Victor is a pastor in Miami. We asked him how he was doing, and he launched right into lamenting about the lack of nuance in his uh, relationships and in social media. And we want to play some of that conversation for you today, and we'll probably play some a little bit later. But the second segment today, you're going to hear a conversation that Dave and I had about uh, the leak that the Supreme Court may overturn Roe v. Wade. Enjoy. I think right right now what I'm uh, most preoccupied with is, and, and this might be the probably the theme of every episode of everything right now, is uh, how to stay on social media and keep my friends. Um, because it seems like there's, there's room for... I don't know, nuance anymore. Um, nobody wants to wait the 10 seconds for you to finish your sentence. Hmm. <clears throat> it seems like there's a lot of, a lot of people who are just waiting to like, they're, they're, they're loading their gun, you know, their verbal gun, you know, while you're trying to get your words out and it really doesn't matter what you're about to say hmm. and just try, trying to um, not navigate because navigate makes it sound like there's actually uh, an Island after all this, um it's more like survive and um you know not not to think too far down the field whatever but um and it, you know i don't know how you guys like to format things have, have either of you guys read the mark Knoll book um the civil war is a theological crisis no nope. no okay so i see a lot of that that uh, is happening and it's probably from my just a, a i've read some history not a whole lot, enough history to get into smart sounding conversations, but enough history to actually get out of those conversations without looking dumb after a while. But uh, in this book, Mark Knoll makes a, he's basically trying to make a, he's making a point with what he's writing clearly, but he's landing in this place where he establishes that the, the idea of slavery or the issue of slavery before anything else was a theological question Mm -hmm. Um, that the, the pastors and the theologians were having this conversation before it became a issue for the masses or a political issue or even a moral issue. People didn't have that language of moral issue. It, it was, you know, well, what does the Bible say? Yeah. And in the midst of that there, you could, he could discern three sides in it. And, you know, that might be superimposing, but there was the clearly the pro-slavery side. And what they did is they, um, they use scripture a whole lot although you could argue that they deeply mishandled it, but they were, you know, quoting chapter and verse and they were justifying their behavior and their ideas, you know, ignoring certain elements of the slave trade to make it fit into a biblical mold. Yeah. And then you had the abolitionists who, uh, some of whom just kind of just didn't appeal to scripture at all, but some who rather uh, appeal to this broad sense of, well, Jesus wouldn't do this, or this isn't the spirit of scripture, or this Mm. isn't, the character of God. And 
of course, one second attack the other with that, you know, the slavers would say, well, you're not actually studying scripture, not actually expositing the text. And the other side saying, well, you're misusing the text. Then there was a third side, the middle. And the middle had some great arguments. And the, the probably the best argument was, it let's grant that slavery is in the Bible. All right, it's in the Bible, definitely. But let's even grant that it was something that was prescribed. Now, let's look at that practice of slavery in the Old Testament. Does that bear any resemblance at all to what we're doing right now in the American South? Hmm. And the argument was like, no, this, these are not describing the same things. Uh, what, what's being practiced in the American South isn't actually biblical slavery. If you want to have biblical slavery, if you want to have biblical slavery, we have to change all these things. You have to release all these children of slaves. You have to release all these slaves who have converted to Christianity. You, you can't enslave your brothers and sisters. And what ended up happening to that middle, very nuanced, argue, you know, using scripture well, using logic, both sides hated them and ignored them and then just went ahead and fought a war to decide who was right. And the, the theological question of slavery then was answered with guns and swords. And after that, uh, Noel uh, kind of makes the, he, he touches on some other points in history where it seemed like the witness of the church or the witness of people appealing to the Bible lessened over time because people turned to the theologians for the issue of slavery and the theologians couldn't agree and basically just became like the leaders of these different factions of war. And then the ones who were more closely aligned to the Bible lost. So then you come back a few years later with Jim Crow and the segregationist movement, and the, the ones more aligned to the Bible lost. And you come every few years, you come back to the people most aligned with the Bible, and they end up losing every time. Um, but the, the, the two grand overtures, I think, that Mark Knowles getting across there is, uh, and he might not be trying to, he's not prescribing this, kind of just describing it, that we come to these kinds of big issues and the thinkers like to think and and we have these great ways to really have a nuanced and well thought out approach. But it seems like at the end of the day, it's the bulldogs that end up going at it and one of the teams wins. Mm -hmm. um, the, the middle people don't make it out. And, uh, <clears throat> and I felt like like a middle person, um, you know, not that I'm, uh, you know, declaring my major now or like, you know, picking a side or anything, but I felt like I've always been the person that I walk into a room and, and I can tell people disagree about something and I try to get them to understand each other. And for whatever reason, maybe this is, you know, unfounded. I feel like that time is ending. Like people don't want to understand each other. Hmm. They're actually just looking for more justification to hold to mm -hmm. their position. So I, I don't know if that's a conversation topic, but um, I've, I've been trying to find how to uh, basically how to bring Jesus out of all this, or if, the, if this is what Christian ministry is now, is it just like a lower level political leadership thing where people are just looking for local political leaders so they go to a pastor? Is, is Christian ministry just going to have to be, I, I, I don't know. Um, so uh, other topic possibly or other thing I, I saw that touches on this um have you guys seen the commercials recently primetime commercials for he gets us.com no no have you seen this okay so there there have been it's on it's been on primetime like sports events uh it's 30 second commercial black and white and it's talking about jesus 
it, it's, it says, you know, he was poor, he was misunderstood, he was rejected. You know, if you've ever felt lonely, Jesus felt lonely. And it, it ends with, you know, he gets us. Okay. And it's, you go to his website, he gets us.com. And the, uh, so, you know, I, I bit, you know, I, I, I want to check it out. First thing I did was figure out like who's behind this, you know, but it's kind of hidden. You don't really know who's behind it. It's just a, it's its own nonprofit. And what they're, what they're trying to do is present Jesus apart from all the, you know, the whatever hot topics yeah, yeah. and, and just try to like re, not almost rebrand Jesus was the marketing term for it. And um, I went to their Instagram and they've spent a hundred million dollars on advertising. Like, wow. I don't know who's funny. This has been a mm. lot of money. Their Instagram has not even 6,000 followers. So I, I saw that I was like shocked. Like they, they could have bought a hundred thousand followers. You spend, you know, money and whatever, create bots to follow yeah. your Instagram. They have yeah. 6,000 followers. And I Googled it, you know, who gets us, you know, who's behind, he gets us, whatever. And like the third hit was this article about the problem with, uh, with this. Like it was not antagonistic necessarily towards the, towards Jesus. Nobody is right. But the article is making the point of the, what he gets us.com misunderstands is that before you can talk to us about Jesus, you need to apologize for everything Christians have done. Mm, mm. And we're not going to listen to you and, until you acknowledge all these bad things. And I look at that and I'm like, man, where do I start? What, what is telling people about Jesus now in such a hostile environment? Mm, yeah. And then the added hurdle being the people that are in your church, the, the people that, that do want to come and hear about Jesus more and more are getting hostile themselves, but yes. towards the outside. Yes. So it's like they want you, you know, and I'll just, you know, touch on this. This past week is Mother's Day in church, and usually Mother's Day in church is like the, you know, mini Super Bowl and uh, Easter Super Bowl. But <clears throat> Mother's Day is the, you know, the follow-up opportunity, and and it's a Mother's Day right after the leak of Roe versus Wade, uh, you know, the overturning that. So you know, it's such a, <clears throat> a prime opportunity to make these, you know, very, uh, a, a, whatever, like clever links between the two and whatever. And I, I am, I'm the pastor of announcements at my church. That's a joke. You know, I also preach sometimes, but most Sundays I say the announcements. So sometimes and, the announcements get stretched longer and go for 30 yeah, minutes and there's an, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. I know there's that an altar call at the end. <laughs> there's like at least three operatories you do happen. them on a soapbox yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have my own little soapbox there <laughs> kind of short i need it but anyways i i go up there and and i um you know welcome to our church there's clearly visitors there not not just people who you know mothers bringing their children but just people who are there for the first time and and i've always been and this goes back to my like uh you know trying to be a friend to all sides I've always been very careful of how I talk about Mother's Day because I've realized it's a very, you know, it's a touchy subject for some people. Sure. Not just if you've had, you know, for example, if you've had a you know miscarriage or you've really wanted to be a parent or you, you never could or situations where people, you know, don't have a great relationship with their mom. And uh, I don't know why, but societally, we're allowed to have bad relationships with our dads, but if we have a bad relationship with our mom, like we're a monster, you know, mm -hmm. like we're the people that end up in prison, that kind of thing. So, so people, some people feel really awkward on Mother's Day because it's like, well, you know, 
I don't hate my mom, but what am I supposed to do? And, and, you know, the other people who, some churches just turn it into like, let's worship mom day. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's really a, there might be a biblical basis for honoring mom and, and praising, you know, when, when she's a good parent. Uh, but we're definitely not called to devote a Sunday to her. Sure. So I quoted Isaiah forty nine fifteen, which is, you know, can a mother forget the baby nursing at her breast? Can she have no compassion for the, the child of her womb? Even though she may forget, I will never forget you. Yeah. You know, God presents motherly love is amazing. It's, you know, one of the best loves anybody can experience, but God loves you more than that. Right. And, um, and then in the offering, we, we always take up an offering on Mother's Day, since before I got there, to help uh, donate to a crisis pregnancy center, which is close to our church campus. And crisis pregnancy center is like, I guess, a reverse abortion clinic, whatever. They give you the other options and they offer resources, education, um, try to connect you to different networks that can help you out if, if you decide to keep the baby. And made no other mention of anything. That's it. And I know there are people in, like, there are, I, I saw people in the congregation that day that hadn't come in a while. Yeah. And, and some of them were like, one or two of them are very, very political people. Okay. And I think, I think there was one guy in particular, you know, he's a sincere guy, but during our Thanksgiving service, where Thanksgiving service, everybody gets to, we spend 10 minutes staying up and pray with a microphone, thanking God for something. And this particular gentleman got up and thanked God for the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, which is like, that's an incredibly specific thing to thank uh, God yeah, for. Yeah. But it had just happened, hmm. you know, it's, a, it's the political topic of the day, whatever. And, uh, and I can feel like some people cringing at that. Yeah. But I can also feel other people in the church that were like, you know, amening it. So, the, you know, this Mother's Day, I see people like on the edge of their seats. It's like, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? Uh -huh. I didn't say anything about it. Um, you know, as far as I think, that God still worshiped whatever's going to happen yeah. with Roe versus Wade. You know, we're here, we're here to worship God anyways. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I feel like the, you know, and I don't know if you guys have felt this way. Like if, if these people, you know, if half these people knew who I voted for, they, they never talked to me again. And if the other half knew who I voted for, they never talked to me again. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I can't, Yeah. it's, it's like, I, I can't, um, uh, like it, you, you have to somewhat be, you know, clear on your biblical convictions, but also very, not even nuanced. Like I feel to this point, like I'm just like, I'm abstinent when it comes to offering, uh, at least from the pulpit, some kind of a, a political opinion. But now everything's political, so I, I feel like I'm just kind of not saying anything. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like it's just all turned into personal piety, and I'm not really sure how to navigate that. Well, and then and then people are trying to sniff it out so much that like a tiny little hint of of this, oh, this is what he's actually saying, right? It's if you oh, yeah. if you barely hint at something, then that means yeah. that you're completely on that side, whatever it is. Right. Sometimes right. I get the benefit of the doubt, and somebody I'll I'll hint, and you can tell what upside I'm on, but people will take it the most their way possible, and be like, yeah, I remember. I preached on uh, the passage, you know, I believe helped my unbelief. Yeah. And somehow somebody got out of that. It's like, you're right. You know, atheists need to know that they're going to hell. It's like what? Huh. <laughs> Where on earth was that? But yeah. I guess like, yeah, I guess if 
uh, you need belief. I said that at some point, <laughs> you know. Hey, this is Dave at the Hopper Podcast. Are you tired of people being divisive, angry, or even cruel to each other, especially to those with whom they disagree? At the Hopper Podcast, we want to bridge people together and listen to opposing views so we can all grow. If this sounds like a good idea to you, please like, subscribe, and share the Hopper with someone right now. Thanks. Dave, as we're recording this, it's been a couple of weeks since there was a leak mm-hmm. by the Supreme from the Supreme Court from somebody there that uh, the first full opinion on their um, ruling on the case from Mississippi challenging Roe v. Wade was that the court was going to overturn right. Roe v. Wade completely. Right. And so it's been a couple of weeks, and I've been thinking a lot about it and talking to folks. Um, if that actually turns out to be what the court decides, and mm-hmm. it seems like seems likely that it will... That is a massive change mm-hmm. in the the laws and culture yeah. of our nation. Uh-huh. As as I have been watching, now we've talked a lot about abortion. Uh, we have got one episode in the past. Go back and look if you if you want to know our yep. view of abortion. Briefly, uh, we are against abortion, really of any kind. On the other hand, uh, it seems that. At, from our perspective, um, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong here, that uh, the legal battle about whether it should be legal or not legal is not really the best place for us to put our energies in terms of stopping yeah. abortions. Uh, just, uh, our, I, yeah, to add to that, our position is that if you want to stop abortions, there needs to be a lot more care um, and some social programming, and and that's been shown uh, yeah, in the Clinton yeah. administration. There's a lot of support for women's health, and there were far fewer abortions. That's right. And it, so just simply outlawing it is is not good enough. In fact, um, um, just recently, in, as a result of this leak, uh, Planned Parenthood has come out and and to, in order to capitalize on on uh, this news and to raise money. Planned Parenthood has sent out a, a an advertisement to raise money that says if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then the number of abortions will be reduced by twelve percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to know exactly where they're coming up with right. that number. I, How does yeah. that possible? But they are absolutely motivated to have as high a number as possible in order to make it seem as devastating as possible right. to the abortion industry, because that's the, that's a lot of what they're trying to do. And 12%. So they're saying the like highest it, the can, highest they can mm-hmm. come up with reasonably is that the number of abortions will be cut by 12%. And so, uh-huh. yeah, re- overturning Roe v. Wade is... I, I see a lot of folks on the right saying... Um, this is a victory for this has been a decades long fight, and we are going to overturn Roe v. Wade, and and we've won the battle. And I think, what in the world? This is this is not winning the battle. There mm-hmm. probably are going to be lives saved in terms of babies who will be born yeah. and not aborted, but it's going to cause a lot of misery as well, and it's actually not saving that many abortions. I see it as progress. I do. It's probably, I think it's a step forward. Yes, it puts it back into the the states. Now, I like now, that. States a can lot. decide. I like that. I like states' rights. Yes, I like the electoral college. Yes, I, a lot of people criticize it. I think it's the, the founding principle of how we are a, a united uh, state. 
uh, government, right? We have each state has its own rights to some degree. Yeah, I like that. And I, well, I, wait a second. There's a yeah. there's an epi- there's a there's an issue there. I want to throw in the hopper. Sure. Um, because I think we might disagree, but I don't want to talk about it right now. But let's throw in the hopper, and that yeah. is the electoral college. Yeah. Where you've got uh, some state, yeah. you know, diff- different. Uh, I don't want a popular vote. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think right. that I think I do want a popular vote, but let's throw that into sure. the hopper, and we'll talk about that another time. Okay. Yeah. Passing so, that. Um, well, yeah, passing that, but it, it is kind of my point that the states have the right. Okay, states' rights, yeah. Um, yeah, and so um, instead of the federal government saying uh, you have to provide abortions, this allows each state to say, well, we will or we won't. Right. Um, and and it is a progress when I, I do think abortion should be outlawed, and I would take that if it were my only option yep. um, versus keeping it legal. Yeah. But um, I also am aware that it, it's a much more comprehensive look um, from how we handle adoptions in this country yes. to how we support people who are poor to how we help women who are in distress to the whole the whole sexist issue yes. um, of you know a woman who has uh, who's carrying a baby and it's in her body and I, right. I respect all of those issues yes yes yes, yes. Um, it's just that it, it I, and I would never want the government to say. Uh, to anyone what they have to do with their body except that there's another person involved. Right. And that's yeah. that gets into some of what we've talked about in yep. the previous episode. It's one of our most popular episodes, and it's on abortion. You go back through our feed and look for abortion, and we talk at length about those kinds of things. Uh-huh. Yeah, But I'm with you that I always want to bring power from the federal government to the states, from mm-hmm. the states to the local, and even from the local. I, I want to get power into the hands of people right. from the federal government. If you think about that, you know, from high to low or, you know, right. from... I always want to bring power away from top down and bring it into uh-huh. grassroots. So anything that... So if we overturn Roe v. Wade, um, and then that bring that will uh, bring uh, the power to decide about abortion to the states, that's, yeah. that's bringing power to the states r- from the federal government. I'm basically for that on all accounts. And so, even apart from what whatever uh-huh. whatever the topic is, I'm I'm glad for. I that. got you. So it's kind of just the, your view of power. Yes, you don't want a big centralized power. That's right. You, you don't want the uh, the emperor. That's right. You want lots of Jedi. I want less <laughs> less concentrated power. Yeah. Anytime we we distribute power instead of having it concentrated, uh-huh. I, I think I'm for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because I believe that we're all sinners, and and uh, when you right. concentrate power, it it just really messes things up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so I, I, you know, the other thing I think that's difficult for um, concern. Again, I'm, I'm, I want to reduce the number of abortions as much as possible. However, I, this I don't think is going to be that effective with it. There's, mm-hmm. there's, um, because we've talked about, you know, there, there are the abortion pills, and so people are allowed to get in the mail abortion pills. Now there's mm-hmm. lots, and so then you don't even have to go out of state. You don't have to. It just comes in the mail. Yeah, there are states that are trying really hard to make that illegal. But um, still, the, the mail belongs to the federal government, and a state searching mail has is completely unprecedented, and I don't think we want to get into states searching everyone's mail to see what's there. Yeah, I hear you. Um, would you say that uh, if, if they're shipping crystal meth, that it's once it's in the mail, it's private? The, well, 
Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, crystal meth is is uh, illegal everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a very relevant and helpful question. I see what you're saying. I'm not advocating one way or the other. I'm just, yeah. just and teasing I, out the right. I think yeah. there's a significant difference between um, the uh, uh, abortive um, medicine and and I, and I would consider it medicine because there are there are situations in which uh, abortions. I think everyone would agree there are situations when abortion is appropriate and moral, and that is to save the life of the mother, um, or there are uh, abortions that, if they continue, they will uh, threaten the life of the mother, and they're not viable anyway uh, for genetic reasons, for other reasons, and so yeah. those are those are abortions. Those are typically not done with with a pill, though. Those are typically surgeries. Um, there's a you know a topic pregnancy and uh, we've got to move right now and we've got to get this baby out of the fallopian tube before sure. it ruptures sure, and sure, she sure. bleeds to death. Um, so I don't think that 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 would necessarily have anything to do with the pill. Um, and so it it does bring up some interesting things about. Uh, I mean, if you go to prison, they're looking at your mail, right? Um, you're sure. in some other country, they're yes. they're looking at your mail, and we like our freedoms, and I like our freedoms, um, and. I don't want things being shipped illegally either, um, but I don't want them looking at my mail. So I'm kind of in this rock in a hard place. Yeah, and what you're talking about, what we're talking about here, though, is um, what is legal in some places and not legal in others. Right. And then the mail system going back and forth uh-huh. there. Um, we've also got situations where, um, let's see. Connecticut has worked has been working very hard in the last few weeks and been talking about this um, that they are going to protect their um, doctors and nurse practitioners and others who can prescribe medicines uh, to in order to treat patients from other states um, and they're going to protect them. Texas, on the other hand, is saying if any doctor anywhere in the country prescribes abortive medication for anyone in Texas, then we are going to, that's a crime, mm-hmm. and we are going to ask that state to extradite, to, to arrest the, the doctor, mm-hmm. and ship them to Texas in order to face prosecution. And Connecticut is saying, no, we are going to protect doctors. We will not extradite. Uh-huh. So this is the first time that we're talking about states yeah. like not cooperating with each other yeah. since the Civil War when it was when the, just right. before the Civil War when the issue was slavery. And like, okay, so the northern states are saying we will not ship uh, slaves uh-huh. to the South, and the South saying, no, they are criminals. They must be returned. Um, How is this being? I mean, this we're already in this situation with like uh, THC edibles. Yeah, and you know, some states this is legal, some states it's illegal. I right. know there are companies that are shipping this to you know places where they're not supposed to. Yeah, uh, they're kind of taking that risk to get that revenue, right? Right. right. And if they get caught, they should be in trouble. But yeah, I don't know how that's playing out. Do you? I don't. Yeah, it's definitely a, an interesting situation. There are people, by the way, who think that we are spiraling towards a civil war of some kind. Yeah, and that's what this is yeah. starting to look like to me if if we can't come to some sort of agreement. That's what others are saying as well. Uh that this is like this is the states cuz cuz at this point we're talking about so you and I have talked about this. Yeah. Um someone who is uh uh a fetus that dies, that is the end of a life and at least 
potentially it is murder or mm-hmm. manslaughter. I mean, I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want. I don't want to quibble right. on those kind of things. Right. Right. But this is. And so, if we're talking, there's a difference between uh, taking weed, which is, uh-huh. uh, you know, okay, and murder. And to say we're not going to extradite. Well, but it's a matter murder. of degree. I mean, we're, sure. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out how do states cooperate with right. their with their differing laws when you're talking about mail. Yeah. That is a federal program. Yes. yes. Um, and maybe the federal government needs to answer that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, I think this is this is a going to become a very very diff- a humongous and yeah. very difficult. You issue. know what? What? Let me just play around with it for just a second. Sure. If there is a, some sort of civil war, which is hard to imagine in this day yeah, and age, but yeah. I'm sure it was hard to imagine in times gone by. Sure, it's not yeah. impossible. Yeah. Um, and let's just say it, it draws upon very um, clear, polarized lines yep. of the conservative, um, kind of Trump-supporting Christian nationalists okay. and the um, secular, if not atheist, progressive liberal. Okay. Um, uh, where are we left? I mean, you mean you and me? Yeah, you and I, and, and the and the yeah. the hundreds of thousands of people like us, right? Who what are we going to be like? Um, I would say millions, many yeah, millions like, like us. Robert E. Lee couldn't make up his mind, and he decided to go with Virginia because that's his home state, right? And when you're talking about states at war, right? Um, it, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be difficult because um, there are more than many millions when it comes to the issue of Roe v. Wade. Um, surveys ac- across the country are pretty overwhelmingly clear that. Everybody, not everybody, sorry, oh, the vast majority of Americans um, want abortion to be available but significantly restricted. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't fit the extreme right that you mentioned mm-hmm. or the extreme left. Yeah, and, and I guess I'm, I'm, I think that if there is a war, it's going to be over a lot more than just abortion. I think it's going to be along sure, the sure, polarization sure, sure. of these two party lines. Um, and really, we need the rise of a third party before there's any civil war. Yeah, and I don't think that there's much appetite for civil war because I think there are so many people with that are like us that are like are, that want nuance and like. Yeah. But those are the people who are not getting clicks on Facebook, and that's right. They're not getting uh, the airtime on MSNBC yeah. or the, CNN the media, or Fox Media. Yeah. So. The media loves the, the, the polarization. The super loud voices represent a very tiny minority of people in the country on the very far right and the very far left. Yeah. You know, I was just complaining about this. We uh, In my house, we when we watch a show and we got a little bit of time before bed, we'll watch a couple of YouTube videos or yeah, something, something sure. funny. Maybe we saw something that's kind of heavy. Yeah. And we want to lighten the mood before we go to bed. We do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed... YouTube, not only does it have more commercials, which is a different topic, yeah, but it yeah, has yeah. a lot of what we call clickbait. Yes. I'm so fed up with, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be a picture, say it's a crypto video of Michael Saylor, yeah. and it'll say in quotes, um, sell now, it's all over. Yeah, you know, right. You know, doomsday is coming. Doomsday. Um, and then, you know, I know already I'm not going to click that video. Yeah. I've already watched him speak for, you know, hours. Yeah. And I know his position on crypto. Yeah. And it is a it's a hold. It's buy and hold and hold and keep buying and keep holding. And yep. just like, you know, 20 years from now, yep. you're going to be wealthy. Right. Um, and so this is clickbait, right? And, yes. And, and if I were to click that video and watch it, it would not have anything to do with the title. Right. Um, and so uh, it, every news media I've, I've been watching is doing this. Yes, yes. Um, it's just some sort of like 
it's over sensationalized dramatic sort of you have to watch this yes. and it's playing upon people's fears and it's drawing them into this this game of polarization yes. and it's all about money and ratings yes and yes. uh what do we do about that it's it's infuriating we we got it <laughs> i haven't watched anything from cnn or msnbc or mm-hmm. fox news i haven't consumed any of that media in a long time, yeah. or any, you know, that's not where I get my news. Yeah, I had somebody um, just after the the leak happened. I had uh, somebody um, that is involved in much on the right on the right side of things and was very wrapped up in that. He told me that everybody that there are churches uh, uh, that this Sunday that was a couple of weeks ago now. He said this Sunday there's going to be protests at pretty much every church in the country. Um, protesting the the overturn of Roe v. Wade, hmm. I was like, "Wait, what? Yeah, huh? Uh, what do you mean?" He, and he said, "Well, because because they all, they hate churches. Anyone who's against uh, anyone who's who's pro choice hates churches." I'm like, "I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that's true. Where have you heard this?" Yeah, um, and it as it came out, like our church was not protested. I haven't heard yeah. of any churches that were. No. Yeah, um, that, that's, that's not just such a it's cookie com- cutter. Completely. Yeah. Completely. And I know a lot of people who are um who would describe themselves as pro choice and anti abortion. Uh-huh. I'm not sure I can describe myself quite there, uh-huh. but I'm not too far from it. Mm-hmm. Um I would want us to spend our energy I think our energy is much, much, much better spent in uh, decreasing the need for abortion mm-hmm. rather than telling people what they cannot do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want abortion, uh, I don't want any abortions, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that, how can I say, if a yeah. woman is in a, is it, what do we say in that, in that episode? We said, uh, nobody gets an abortion like she gets an ice cream cone yeah. or a Corvette. Right. She gets a, an abortion like someone who is gnawing their own leg off caught yeah. in a trap. At the same time, I hear you. I, 12%, even if it's inflated, let's say it's 10%. Um, and of course, how would we really know that? That's just yeah, a that's just a guess. It's a bit of a guess. 10%, if we're talking about human lives, then any percent is, I, I think, a, a victory. No doubt a about sense, that. No, no, no doubt about that. But I totally agree that if this, if it leads to civil war, then I'm not sure that I agree with it. Because we're going to talk about a lot more death. Well, yes. And what I think a lot of what's happening, we've, it, this has been a decades-long um, uh, uh, project mm-hmm. to get to this, where we to save some lives, any lives saved, absolutely worth it. The energy that we're spending doing this, though, could be better spent and save many mm-hmm. more. You know, now is it messier? It's much, much messier to get involved in the lives right. of crisis. Pregnancies. You know what's way easier? What's is that? to get a bunch of friends and go to D.C. and hold up a sign and yes. complain and and yes. You know, moan about the the government. Yes, instead of actually helping some woman who's in crisis, Correct. or helping a child who needs a father figure. That's or, right. Yeah, or yep. or to uh, you know the, the kinds of things that we that we that demonstrably uh, reduce abortions include economic support mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the, Commun- the, community. Yeah, that kind of that kind mm-hmm. of thick community yeah. is what. Reduces the number of abortions, um, and uh, we just—that is hard work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to say, "I voted for someone right. who is going to put, you know, conservative judges on the Supreme Court." Therefore, I have done my duty. Yeah, 
and or vice versa. Or, or, yeah. or that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, that's it. I've, I've provided women with their their free choice, and therefore I am right, and therefore yeah. I have done the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is. Uh, that which ha- you're right. It happens both on the left and the right. They do it in different ways, mm-hmm. but that kind of really simple thing. I don't have to get involved with anybody. Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculous, and that's what I'm kind of railing against to say. This is we've done all this. Uh, there's been a lot of work toward this, and I, I, okay, it's I'm I'm glad for any life that's saved. Yeah, but um, it still leaves a lot of women in crisis. Yeah. Um, women who are going, you know, there are gonna, there's still going to be a lot of women um, in Mississippi who are who say I cannot deal with this um, uh, pregnancy. Yeah. I do not have the resource to deal with this pregnancy. I will end this pregnancy. Yeah. And if I can't do it safely at a doctor's office, mm-hmm. then I'm going to find some way to do it. Yeah. And that's. That's going to be a yeah. real problem. And and once again, I just have to keep saying this. Um, it, it, this really plays to the benefit of the people who are truly in power, that we yes. are at each other's yes, throats yes, yes. from That's the left right. to the right. That's right. I just want to keep saying that because the, the people who are at the very top view the rest of us— the citizens of this country, the citizens of the world, as commodities. Yeah, that's right. As they don't care about your life, they don't care about your health, they that's don't right. care about whether you get an abortion or you don't get an abortion. Right. What they care about is their money. That's right. And their ability to control circumstances to keep their money. Yes. And that is the sad reality. Yes. Um, and that's where I think the real battle needs to take place. Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that yeah. that I would go to war for that. Yes. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, well, anything that'll stop abortions is good, and this will stop a few. Mm-hmm. And I'm guess I'm glad for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you're right; it's it's too it's reductionistic to say that this is a, a merely a law um, passing or you know keeping sort of situation. Yeah, it's, and then that's and just, yeah. what's going to unfold after this is all the states that are trying to sew up all the, the loopholes about the yeah, it's pills and about traveling. And it's like the vigilante laws. Like, you just open a can of worms that's... I don't know how this is going to play out. Yeah. I will say this. If you are against abortion the way that I am, the way that we are, I would implore you not to get so involved in changing the laws, but rather providing community and support so that people don't want to have abortions. Thanks for listening to the Humper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You and a chocolate Easter bunny that's totally hollow and made of brown wax. Oh, mm. I've had too many of those. Yes. Oh, I hate them. Wrong. To claim that prize, write us at thehumperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. Join us next time when we will discuss, discuss which dog food brands taste the best in milk. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. A blind taste test. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and you can join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Hopper podcast is sponsored this week by Sloth Automotive. Yeah, thank you, Sloth Automotive. Uh, still waiting on yeah that oil change. <laughs>